So I'm going to show you each step is like up, up in your life, in your ministry. Each step, each step is a breakthrough. 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 Can you believe it? So uh, apply it to your personal life and ministry. Yes. Apply it to your personal life and ministry. Number one step. Make yourself humble like a child by forgiving. Yes. Make yourself humble like a child. And advance, go higher by forgiving. Yeah. Why? Because children forgive quickly. Grown-ups don't forget. You see children playing and they hurt each other. Isn't it? And they cry, they'll come and tell mommy, this is what she has done. I hate him. The next five minutes they'll be playing together. There's somebody here in the realm of the spirit If you are able to forgive somebody And forget You go higher In your ministry You see pastors who are very melancholic Have small churches Because you you can't forgive There are are pastors who cannot even forgive people For coming late You have to forgive them I remember one pastor, he couldn't stand it at all. If you come late, that's it. It's, it's, it's unacceptable. You have to have allowance to, it's okay. I will not hold that against you. I've forgiven you. And you will have a whole lot of people, more than the people you have now. Even leaders. There's nothing like a group of leaders where everybody is perfect. It doesn't exist. Try having a human institution. You are going to have human failures. Yes. That's why people don't have many members and many followers. Because you, you, a step of, you see, it takes humility of the leader to also accept that this might associate this my uh, pastors that have appointed is a failure or is like this or is a traitor look you can you imagine how Jesus had to how humble Jesus had to be to accept somebody like Peter as his main leader of the whole organization that he came to set up on earth the last words of this Peter, whom he chose, was that he said, I don't know Jesus Christ. That is the, the last recorded message in the Bible of Peter. I don't know whether you are aware. The last thing that, go and read your Matthew. The last thing that Peter said that we know of that, I don't know Jesus. As I have not seen him before. Now, if 
Jesus was not to forgive And the Bible said all the disciples fled All of them said we will never leave you All of them fled Now if Jesus was not to forgive them And say how can you do I was with you for three years I promise you You, you James and John you, you, you brought your mother through the side To come and convince me To put you at my right and my left I didn't say anything about that it wasn't fair. That question your mother asked me, I didn't like it. But I didn't say anything. All of you guys, you said you will never leave me, you will never forsake me. When I was arrested, I looked to my left, I looked to my right, I saw I was alone with enemies. Hey! Nobody, I mean, I was with you, I love you. I was so close to you that we eat together. You eat from my hand. When I want to eat, I'll say, open your mouth. Ah, ah. Then you receive. Ah. We were close. We slept together in the same boat. We ate together. We were friends. I washed your feet. I bathed you. And now you dash. I was there. When I looked to my right, I saw a wicked Roman soldier. When I look over here, I saw enemy Pharisees full of hatred. I look here, I was looking for my disciples. I was looking so that even I could even see you. We can have eye-to-eye contact and just be comforted that there's somebody who loves me. No. No. And Jesus came and looked at these people. And if he was not to humbly say that my appointee is a failure. It's a, it's a mistake. It's a mistaken uh, leader, a poor choice. Ah, but he, he accepted him. Yes. Otherwise, you know what? Jesus has to come back to the earth. He has to go back to the Sea of Galilee and find another fisherman and start for three years old and take them through, pass through the training. I'll raising the dead, healing the sick, preaching differently, talking to them, explaining. Ah, let's welcome the uh, our lady, second lady, Pastor Dorcas. Shall we stand to our feet? Ma'am, you are welcome. Thank you very much. We are privileged to have the second lady of the Republic of Kenya, Her Excellency, Pastor Dorcas, with us. Thank you very much. You may all be seated. I am preaching about steps to greatness through humility. Amen. And I'm only on step number one, so you are not even late. Amen. Step number one is to forgive And I was explaining that If you can forgive You will have More and more people With you Oh yes Jesus had to forgive Peter For what he said When you come to Ghana and Akazo campus We have a huge cock is that what you call it? A rooster. A big one. When you have to come and take a picture with him. He's a descendant of the cock that crowed when Judas, uh, when 
Peter Peter um, denied Jesus yes he's a relative direct descendant he's right there you can come and take a picture with him it's very big oh yes and I put him there because I want people to remember that if you forgive your leader you may have a leader and Peter later on was crucified upside down for his Jesus but the initial swing couldn't work yeah forgiveness for a leader you know there are some pastors who cannot forgive their members for coming late I know one pastor he said if you are late for the wedding he, can, he cannot he will not be there you'll be there bride groom on time and if you are not there he will leave he leaves he'll just leave see you he's gone you officiate yourself you officiate yourself to marry and he does it if you like come late he cannot forget so you will be surprised you are going to have more people this brother who has committed fornication or for later on you'll be the most holy one later on be the most holy one this person who is like this later on you'll be surprised so humility in accepting failures lower than you thought all Jesus appointees were failures 12 betrayers Hmm? (laughs) even the one Judas that went off they went and did lottery to appoint the next one Matthias have you ever heard of Matthias doing anything there was nothing that we ever heard of doing the real next appointee was Paul but they, they, they missed it completely and they went and chose Matthias oh so there's so much failure and if you cannot forgive you cannot usually do much in the ministry and I feel that there are many who can have the step to greatness in your marriage ah the next step to your marriage is forgiveness why do sometimes older ladies look so bitter remember how giggly you were no one day a lady told her daughter when I was your age, I was more beautiful than you. And she said, I was also sweet. Eh? She told her that I was also sweet, you know. I was sweet. I was sweet like you. Because her, her, her daughter was wondering why her mother looked so bitter and very hard toward her father. She said, I was sweet like you. I was sweet when your father came for me. I was a student when he came to follow me. (laughs) 
Perhaps if you forgive, you will be sweet again. Yes, you see now, you see now, you'll be sweet again. How many sisters want to be sweet again? Oh, yes. Only few. I think I'm going to Tanzania to talk to, talk to the ladies there. The, the, the Kenyan ladies don't want to be sweet. So, humility. Step number two of humility. Of the step to greatness is to humbly like a child sit quietly and listen to instructions and teachings. Yes. It will take you very, very high to sit quietly and receive instructions. Sit quietly and receive instructions. Like what? Like a child. Like a child. Because Jesus said, if you are humble like a child, which means that if you sit quietly like a child and receive instructions. So the prouder the pastor, the less likely he will attend the conference. Yes, yes, yes. The prouder the pastor, the less likely that he will attend the conference. Because he knows everything. Yes. Yeah, yes. Sit quietly and listen. Just sit down. What do children do? When Jesus said, except you are like this child, you will never be great unless you become like this child. So, so that's why I'm showing you what is a child like. A child, I say, three minutes after quarreling, they've forgotten about why they're quarreling. And they are going on. But we as grown-ups, you, I will never, this thing you've done, I will never forget. I tell you, the day that this happened, this and that, 1994, 1920, whatever, 1938, I mean, you remember. I never forgive. I never forget. Children, you cannot, you cannot, children, they all sit, all the schools in Kenya are full of you talk to them, you tell them, you instruct them, you teach them, you say this, 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 this. As soon as that thing has lifted and a veil of pride, you will never sit at any conference. No, 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 no. That's why it's a great thing even for our second lady to be sitting here quietly. I'm, I'm teaching and she's sitting here. It's a, it's a great thing. Yeah. And some of us some of us cannot sit down to listen even as you you are there you cannot receive instructions but if you were perhaps to subject yourself to some a conference or to teach or to learn something you may be surprised what would happen and that is why when the lord connected me to yongicho as early as 1994, I started to go to Korea. I started to go to Korea. And then, oh yes, you'll be there. I met different pastors. One day the Lord said to me, because I was arranging some other programs, I was going to come, leave early, 
there's a lot said to me that my friend sit down quietly just go and sit there no matter what is happening and learn quietly like a child so I would go like a pilgrimage I go there now Gicho would preach every year almost the same thing but one day I remember yeah one day you know after one of the sessions I was standing outside the church and I was just looking at the street then I saw something and the Lord said to me this is the secret of church growth which he doesn't talk about he doesn't he's never said it said a word never taught it never said a word and I saw it outside the church yes but it was it was at, at about maybe the 10th visit hey. and when I started the new church that I started a new church first love church oh yes I started using what I saw because I can still remember where I was standing outside the church there's a cross there and I was standing I was looking and then suddenly it came to me like a revelation this is it he will never say this because even Jesus the Bible tells us of what he began to do and to teach there's there are two things people do they do things and then they teach so some of the things they don't teach them they do them if you don't know the person you will never know what he's doing and there are some things that he teaches So I was sitting there humbly. I said, don't add any program. I'm going here early. I'll leave late. I'll come early. I'll leave it. I have this to do. I have this to do. Just be this is this is this is a quality. It, it disappeared. That's why I said you don't have to be big. And one day the Lord told me, I was sitting in the conference, said that Yongicho is far greater than anybody here knows in the ministry. Very, 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 very great person. You see, these are things that came to me at different times as I was just sitting there. Yes, yes. And every child, you can get him to sit down. Sit down in the classroom. Start from, we start at nine o'clock. Then you come and you say whatever you say. They will just write it and take it. But as soon as pastors become big and proud, and there you see that we are big for nothing. We have nothing. We achieve nothing. But the bigness has come. Oh yes. Sit down and learn something. Amen. You are teachable. Amen. How many want to be to teach? To be taught? Yeah. Nobody can nobody can teach you anything new apart from the things that you know. Because all we all know certain things. But a student will come and learn, will sit down and be taught new things that he doesn't know. Take this book, for instance. 
how to neutralize curses. Most people, you see, look at how thick this book is. I wrote this book. Look at how thick it is, how to neutralize curses. You see, this is one of the most important revelations. You don't know. I, don't, I, never, I, re- I rarely have the time to teach it. But if there is anything working in Africa that can explain what is happening to us, if you can give any explanation, I'll be happy to know the explanation, apart from a curse. Because a curse is like, no matter what, that's why the Bible says that it will be upon you for an astonishment and for a wonder. Yes. You not get a country more beautiful than South Africa. You not get country more endowed with natural whatever than Kenya. You not get a country like Ghana which is covered with gold from the sea. When the sea starts, the land starts to the top of the country is covered with gold. Gold. I'm telling you, I'm not telling you, you not get a country like Ghana from the south, throughout, through our lakes, everything covered with oil. Some of the places in Ghana, the oil just comes to the top. You'll be standing there, you see oil, like engine oil. It's, it's coming with the, it's mixed with the leaves. You not get a country like that. And yet you see, you not get a country like Nigeria, which produces so much oil that even during one time they were uh, uh, producing so much oil and there was I think the price changed and they were producing 100 million dollars extra a day 100 million dollars a day extra and yet at that same time I went to Nigeria and to buy petrol there were boys standing on the roadside with gallons and that's how we bought petrol you stop by those of boys and then you just they pour it into your car for you that's the country producing 100 million dollar extra oil now if you can explain all these things eh? except you can understand what is what our cases when he said it shall be upon you for an astonishment a wonder until it has consumed you from off the land but you see people we don't know anything but we will not sit down to learn what is a curse. The curse that was declared on uh, Adam and Eve is one of the only curses that human beings take seriously. When he said, in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. We take it seriously. That's why we go to school so much. <laughs> To sweat a little less but even that you see that you are sweating which man doesn't sweat look at me sweating here <laughs> yeah I'm tired working day and night day and night day and every day morning evening morning evening continuous as soon as I finish I'm in another conference continuous there's no man that doesn't sweat. 
One day, one of my pastors met our former president in a hotel in a certain town. That time he was campaigning. When he saw him there, he said, Now, the far place he was staying to become president, such a small thing. He realized that even the president has really sweated to be there. And as they are there, they sweat more. We take it seriously. When a woman is going to give birth, we, we, we are very careful. You don't just give birth on the roadside or under a tree. You take it seriously because it has been spoken over women that in, in sorrow you will bring forth. That's such a small thing. You know, to give birth is one of the natural things. I'm a medical doctor. I've delivered so many babies myself. One time when I was doing community health, I, was with, I went to a village, and there was this lady who had had so many children. I, and she asked her, which hospital did you go to? She said, oh, I just hear the tree, this tree. She said, I hold this tree. There was a tree in the yard, in the compound. I hold the tree, and I, and I, and I give birth. She just delivers by herself. That's why there's so much maternal mortality, children dying, mothers dying. But when we take it seriously and prepare all sorts of medical wisdom, then we counteract that case. And you see that rarely does a woman die from giving birth. But when it comes to the case of Ham, where he said, a servant of servants shall thou be. That's why we don't take it seriously. When you talk to Africans, because Ham was the father of the African races, if you, you look and see. When you talk to everybody, you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. I don't believe in that. I believe I'm blessed. I'm blessed in Christ. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the evening. And we don't take it seriously. And it envelops us. And you see that no matter the resources and whatever we have, the curse is deep solid we are always second last 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 that's why some of us find it difficult to watch the world cup to see our failures it's heartbreaking it's a health hazard <laughs> it's too much yesterday somebody was trying to give me the scores i said shut up <laughs> I don't want to hear. <laughs> let us take serious. Let us sit down and learn quietly. If, when you are a child, you always be learning. So there's something I don't know. I want to learn something. But when you are no more a child, oh, I know what he's going to say. He's not going to say this. He's going to say this. He's going to say that. That straight away, the, the, the cloud has descended on you because you don't know. If you know, then where are your fruits? You shall know them by their fruit. Where are your fruits? Where are your fruits? It's not by talking. Where are your fruits? Where are your churches? As I'm standing here, I'm standing. When I talk about church planting, if you are here and you are a pastor, you should also think to yourself, maybe there's something I don't know about church planting. And here's a book on church planting. But you see that pastor will not buy this book or even be interested or make a church the person standing in front of you has built churches even here in Kenya with, with, with cathedrals 
those are my members shouting. I've come from I've come from Ghana to Kenya and built buildings. How many charismatic pastors, modern charismatic, have even their own building? Most of them are in tents. Or renting halls. And we have built churches with cathedrals and offices. In, in, in which towns? In Nairobi, in Kasarani, in, Kasarani. Teka, in Machakos, in Eldoret, in Kisumu, in Mombasa, in Tala, in Limuru. If you see our, our cathedral in Mombasa, very beautiful. One of the biggest churches there in Mombasa. The person standing in front of you is telling you about church planting. But you are past the stage of sitting down to listen to anything about church planting. So if pride has covered you, you are no more a child. Mega church. How big is your church? How many members? You see, you have 19 members and you call yourself bishop. Nineteen members, and you are called bishop. Bishop of what? Bishop of what? Reverend. You receive doctor, is it? And you receive your doctor as an email. You just got an email from somewhere saying that you are now a doctor. Huh? And you put the Reverend Doctor Bishop. Sixteen members with an email ordination, an email doctorate. From a fake university in America. Oh, yes. I am telling you the next step. Listen, this is the step to your greatness. Humble yourself like a child. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. And you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked if you can for the first time sit down and listen. Humble yourself. Just sit down and learn. There are things you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. If you knew, we would see the fruit of it. If you knew, we would see the fruit of it. If you knew, we would see the fruit of it. Oh, yes. Church growth. Your church cannot grow because there is something basically wrong. A chicken, we, we, when you are doing chicken farming, you buy day old chicks and you feed them and they grow big. That's a chicken that we bite in KFC. We buy the big one like that. But there are some chicks. You feed them one week. Three weeks. 
You know, one day I was in Australia. And um, I, I, went for, I went for dinner. With some, a millionaire took me for dinner. Now, he took us to the top there. And then on the menu, I didn't know what to choose. You know. So then they, they, they said, uh, a whole chicken. Yeah. So I saw that that was, I think he ordered that. To, I said, then I decided to be clever. I said, I will also have that one. <laughs> so we were, we were chatting and waiting for the chicken, the thing to come. When it came, hmm? <laughs> on the plate, you see a whole chicken small like this like the whole chicken is a small tiny the whole that that has grown it is small like this i said lord this is church growth that is not working (laughs) i was even afraid of it because it looked abnormal to me but it seemed to be a special type of chicken that doesn't grow can you imagine like you can almost put the whole whole chicken in your mouth like that and it was the whole chicken with the wings, everything. Hey! I pray you will not get such a chicken to eat. <laughs> Some of us, our churches are like that. You preach and preach it to get smaller and smaller. Yes. Because you don't know about church growth. But you still not sit down and listen. You won't even buy. You go out and buy. What food do they buy outside? Chapati. Yeah. Anointing. Anointing. You will not learn about the anointing. Anointing. You will not sit down and learn. You will not sit down and learn. You've passed the stage where you sit down quietly and learn. That means you've passed the stage of being a child. That means you've passed the stage of being humble. You've passed that stage now. You've passed the stage, which is very sad. Which is very sad. That you've passed that stage. You've passed the stage now of, of being humble. You've passed the stage of learning. You've passed the stage of going higher. Because I started by telling you that the greatest in the kingdom is like the child. Jesus said it. It's a very sad thing. Very sad thing. That's why sometimes it's not good to be too familiar. When you are familiar, you say, oh, I know, I know him. I know what he's going to say. I know. You don't know nothing. You don't know anything. If you knew, that would be fruit to show what you know. Oh, yes. I don't know whether I should continue in another country. Amen. So God wants to take us higher. Amen. God wants to bless us as children. And I know that this is the next step. Yes. Humble yourself. Sit down quietly. Tell yourself. I am a child 
and I'm still a child even though I've been around for 19 years and I can learn something and that may, maybe I'll learn so maybe you don't learn it the way you think you will learn but you will learn something but Paul said that if anyone thinks he knows anything he knows nothing yes that's what Paul said if anyone thinks that he knows anything as yet he knows nothing you actually know nothing yes you know nothing so when it comes to so many things look at this one top 10 mistakes that pastors make yes when you read this book you see the top 10 mistakes that a, a, a pastors make things that only Jesus said first Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 2 if any man think that he knows anything as soon as you start to think you know <laughs> he knoweth nothing yet as he ought as soon as you start thinking I know that's the moment you don't know that's the moment you don't know when you sit and think I don't know then you know you start to know when you think I know you don't know so many Kenyan pastors think they know but they actually don't know yes many many Kenyan pastors think they know but they don't know yeah they don't know that's why I am here sharing with you you are not you, you, could, have, you could have been in Ghana you could have been in Ghana holding a conference in Ghana I don't know why, why you haven't come to hold a conference with a large hall like this filled with pastors and people whom you are teaching as a minister okay go ye into all the world and teach all nations which world and you shall be a witness to me to all nations to Jerusalem Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth who is going to follow that instruction who is going to do it do you think Kenya is excluded from that instruction I mean you must be out of your mind to think that Kenyan pastors are excluded from going to the ends of the earth then you have not read your Bible Kenyan pastors are not excluded from that tell them how to preach salvation every night listen every night every night i preach salvation and you see many of us think we know how to preach salvation one day a great man of god attended my crusade and he said to me today when you announced the topic you were going to preach i said to myself i wonder what is he going to say for one hour and he was very honest and I tell you, I want to be honest with you, when I also decided to have crusades as a pastor, as I'm going to preach salvation, I thought to myself, what will I say? It was then that I started to study and find out what to say as an evangelist. Because if you have to preach a message, you must be born again. What will you say? After saying you must be born again, that's the title. What will you say for the next 45 minutes? Yes. I heard somebody I heard somebody saying uh, she was saved by Billy Graham preaching and Billy Graham preached and the, to- the topic she said all she remembers was Billy Graham preaching and Billy Graham saying God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us that's the topic God commended his love toward us in that while we were sinners Christ died for us that was it now 45 minutes start talking let's see what you say 
So I started to sit down quietly and learn. I'll sit in front with Billy Graham on the television and he's preaching evangel. And I take my notes and I started transcribing all his preaching and exactly what he was saying. I learned it line by line. Even the topic, many of my topics are Billy Graham's topics. I, I, yes, it's not a problem for me to copy. So sit down quietly and learn. It's a side, it's a step of, to even go to a conference is a step of humility. To buy a ticket to go is a step of humility. Yes, yes. I remember one Pastor Jimmy, isn't it, from uh, Nairobi, yeah. Many years ago, he came. He just, he just decided to come. Yes, years ago. And he, he wasn't even in the main hall. He was in a chapel outside somewhere. Is that also Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. And he would tell you what happened. Come and tell us, actually. It's a good example. Yeah. I think it's, um, Bishop, it's 11, 11 years ago. I went to Ghana. And uh, for the, at that time it was iron sharpens iron so when I came into the church I found that it was full I've, I asked can I go upstairs they told me no it's full so they said there is another chapel outside go and see I, the, uh, the screen was almost like this and whilst you were preaching about the anointing I found myself under the seat and I was crying and mucus were coming out of my nose and when I woke up, I had the spirit of the Lord telling me, from now, you can teach. Yeah. And today I teach. And you, you, were, you were, were you a pastor? And how has your church, what has I, happened in your ministry now? I was a pastor. I was, um, I, I just, I mean, we were just starting the church. And um, we used to finish the church, go for... Uh, family lunch and uh, in two hours the church is finished after that I started doing camps I could preach I can teach for three hours non-stop I, the church started to grow now we have the church seven, started to grow started to grow yes young people came to the church you can see them all over the place <laughs> Yeah, do young people come to your church or only uh, grand- grandmothers? <laughs> young people, they make the church enjoyable. They love the teachings. They don't want to leave. We started being called a cult. Because even in the night, on Sunday, we leave the church around midnight. They don't want to leave the church. They don't want to go home. They don't want to go home. I have to, young, I have to suck them out. Young people who have strong erections. Yes. <laughs> Do you have such people in your church? Yes. Strong. Young people. Strong. They have, they are challenged, the challenges we deal with is fornication, uh, masturbation, such things, pornography. Those are my challenges. <laughs> and the church is full of and them. The church is full of them. They love God. They love God. 
They love Jesus. Oh yes. Yes. And are these some of your people who are? Yeah, these are. They are all over the place. Yes. They have come. I have not paid for them to find a place to sleep. Some of them left Nairobi at four a.m. to come wow. here. Yeah. Wow. And you attended a conference. Yes. So I what attend- made you? What made you come to that conference? One time, I was, I was just asking myself, how can my church grow? What makes churches not to grow? Then somebody, um, uh, uh, my, my bishop's PA, gave me a, a, a CD. It was your CD. You are teaching on demons and how to deal with them. So when I was driving, I was listening demons and how to, how to this deal one, with them. Yeah. This one. It was demons a camp in South Africa. It was a camp? Yes, in South Africa. Wow. So while you were, I said, who is this? Then I called the lady. I asked, her, who is this? He said, Dougie Ward Mills. He has a church on the, where Bishop Obi is. So I turned my car. You turned your what? My car. Your car around. Yeah, yes. You were driving go, when you called uh, Yes, me. yes, yes. Because I was listening to the message in the car. So I went straight to the church. So the first person I met, LP Seto. The, the I, church was in which part of Nairobi? Um, Jogorod. Jogorod. Yes, Apache. So when I got there, I, I said, I want everything on, on Bishop Doug. So they packed the books for me and the CDs for me, and I paid. I went in, in, in my office and put the books here. So I used to turn my seat and look at what is my problem. <laughs> church administration. I pull out church administration. <laughs> then one day I turned, I saw the mega church. I pulled it out. So at that time, the church was a hundred and something people. Wow. So I started reading the mega church. When I read, I wake up. I go to my wife's office. I say, look at this. We should do, we should do this. We should do this. We should do this. I should teach about this. I should teach that about this. That is this book, mega the church. mega church. I told you that this book is an anointed book. Yes. Mega church. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... Where the church now began to grow. By the time I was coming, we were probably uh, 400, 300. So I kept on. For, so I asked, what, what, where is he? So I was told there is iron sharpens iron. Without knowing anybody. Even I had not met, I felt that Bishop Obi is too high for me to meet. <laughs> so I had not even met him. So I came to Ghana. I booked myself a hotel. Wow. I used to take taxi. Hum- humble yourself and sit quietly like a child. Yes. You came. You yes, came. I came. Mm. I paid for myself. Wow. Then the next time you came to Kenya, I asked, can I come? I was told, no. You came where? For the privilege, for the privilege come. Ah, I came here. I was asking come. if I can come. Yes. I was told, no. Okay. So I humbled myself. Wow. <laughs> So then, then I came, I, I think I came again. Then you came back for so, um, another camp, God's banquet. So when I came there, I sat in the crowd till the end. So when I was about to leave, I asked, can I talk to the man of God? So that's when they allowed me to see you. Wow. Yes. So this, now he's building a big, he was building a big, big church. In, yeah, yes, yes, we are now building our our cathedral yeah. yes yeah. we we have been building for the last three and a half years yeah yes millions uh, we have spent over a hundred and something million kenya shillings which is yeah. one point something so are you in debt no zero zero yes, yes. 
That's a blessing. And Bishop, I, I came, I also came to, to be with you in Ethiopia. And we were in a warehouse. Our church was in a warehouse. And we used to feel like we are powerful. I mean, there are pastors who used to come and say, oh my God, in the warehouse. Warehouse is half stone, half iron shit. So, but we used to feel we are top. So when I was talking to you about our warehouse and how we are trying to renovate it, you asked me, Pastor Jimmy, can't you put one stone on top of another? That was a change of my vision. <laughs> it was my longest flight from Ethiopia to Kenya because wow. my vision had changed. I was coming to tell the people we are building. When I was moving in the flight, I was seeing the faces of my members. I said, these ones, they don't have money. They, how will I be able to build? But today, as we are talking, we are inside the cathedral. Wow. We, are, we, are, we are finishing while we are inside. Wow. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. Humble yourself means I'm giving you a key. I'm, I'm giving everybody a key. I'm, I'm giving you a revelation. God will show you, go here. Sit down quietly like a child. Just like I don't know anything. I want to know. I will learn something. Your life will change. Your ministry will change. If God will show you where, what, it, will ch- it changes. Because why? Because, it may, because you become a child. And when you become a child, it means you go become humble. When you become humble, then God lifts you up. Humble yourself, yourself by the side of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. He shall lift you up. Mm. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. He shall lift you up. you sit quietly. Number three is that you will learn new things. New things. Something you didn't know before. You didn't know it. But God will show you new things. Amen. And everyone who is not interested in learning something new that is new to you. 
Huh? You are no more humble like a child. You know, my son is also in the ministry. And they are, they have a whole young people. They do the church work. You know, some, I just watch them. And God showed me that. Learn from these young people. They also know things. You see, I shouldn't become an old tree who cannot learn. Because how they also think and what they do is also different. And you see, you don't realize that you are becoming someone who cannot learn a new thing. One day I was, I, I was, I was asking them, so what, what, do, what do you have to do to be like this? or to, And they, 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 they were showing me things that, are, that they do as young people. I had, I had no idea. But you see, you have to be ready to learn new things. All my life, I go to church wearing a suit and tie. But I asked, I asked the children, I said, what do, how do the young people, how do they dress? And we have to learn a new way of dressing. Because they, they dress differently from us. Yes, they, they dress differently. Listen, I want you people to be afraid of something. Look at Europe and be afraid. All the churches are for sale. They sold them, they are empty. Be afraid, though. It can happen in Kenya. It can happen in every country. If you don't respect it, you see that you supervise the finishing of the church. It will, it will be only left with old people and they will finish. I went to a church in Zurich once. There were only uh, about seven elderly people who come to that church. A big cathedral with 2,000 seats in Zurich. And they, they, the church opens every two weeks for service. Not even every week. And they, and they have to close the church because they can't climb the steps to come up to the church. It's finished. If you like, don't learn a new thing. If you like, don't learn a new thing. It means you are um, Do children not learn new things? If you teach them something new, okay, today we are doing physics, chemistry, biology. They learn every day, they go and learn something new. I beg you, humble yourself and learn something new. This conference is here because God wants to bless Nyeri, God wants to bless Kenya. God wants to bless Kenya with, I mean, People that rise up and build churches and do the work of God, win souls, evangelize, and go beyond even the borders of Kenya. That's what God wants to do in Kenya. Number four, when you are humble like a child, you copy easily. That's why children learn languages. You copy, copy cats. Shameless copying. You must be shameless in your copying. Don't be ashamed to copy. Just copy. It's nice. It works. Do it. Just do the same thing. Children copy. As for me, I'm a number one copier. 
Oh yes, I believe in copying Except in exams And I'm done with exams by the grace Yes But in real life If you copy You will advance I have a book called The Art of Following Where is it? The Art of Following It's also the art of copying I learned from my spiritual ministry father, Kenneth Hagen. Even when I was writing my book, I told, I got the book, I, I got the book, and the, the way they did the typesetting, the way they do everything, I told them, copy, just copy this. Most things I copy, I copy. You are original, so, because I know in Kenya you have these original teachings. Be an original, be yourself. You are not a whatever, you are not a copy of anybody. I mean, you are every every snowflake is different, every leaf is different. Be an original. As for me, I'm not original. Yes, there is nothing new. Exactly. What is new? Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. Whatever has been is what has been before, and what shall be is what has been already. There's nothing new. Copy and advance. When I went to Korea the first time, I saw cars. I mean, they copy, they shamelessly copy. Hyundai copied Toyota shamelessly. They had no shame. Uh, Daewoo, they copied Opel. In fact, one time, my mother bought a, a, a Daewoo car, and I just, brand new, in those days, I just opened the bonnet and I saw the engine, Opel. Like, they could only make the body, they couldn't make the engine. So they, after the body, they made it, and then they put the engine in direct. Then we can't make engine, we can make body. It's a car. Sangyong, they copied Mercedes-Benz. You see, I had one. The, Benz, the, the engine is Mercedes-Benz. The body, they could make. And they copied the cars till today. You see, copying makes you catch up. Korea was a country Ghana donated money to. After the second, did you also donate money to them? Ah, we all gave them money. But I don't see any car that you've been making in Kenyan cars. Do you have a Kenyan car? But now you should go to Korea and see the cars. You can't even recognize what type of car. Because when you copy at a point, you, you become like an original. Because everything is just a step further from what you copy. But you don't catch up until you copy. So catching up and surging forward. Write these two words. Catching up and surging forward is by copying. Catching up. You can catch up with someone who is ahead of you. You can catch up with someone. You can surge forward by the art of copying. Yes. Be shameless about your copying. It takes humility to go. When people look, they say, ah, this is copying this person. And you feel shy. So, oh no, I want to be an original. Original of what? Original of what? For me, I copied Fred Price when I was learning how to teach. You see how I walk around when I'm That's how Fred Price walk around. One day somebody was somebody had a video of Fred Price. We put it on, and I didn't know. I just said, I want you guys to watch this. 
he copied, he wrote down 39 similarities between my teaching and Fred Price's teaching. And when he showed it to me, I, I didn't care and I was happy. I said, yeah, I said, I'm copying him. In fact, the day that I stood in a church and I held the side of the, I held the side of the pulpit and I was talking to somebody as I was preaching, I remember Fred Price because I learned it from him. He would walk through him, stand like this and talk to the person as he's preaching. I said, wow, it's happening. I copied Benny Hinn. When he came to miracles, oh, shamelessly, I copied all his songs. I learned how to sing every song that he sings. I did my own rehearsal at home, one man rehearsal. I'll rehearse, 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 rehearse. I copied Bonky when he came to crusades. I said, hey, when I say, hey, you know where I learned, hey, it's Bonky who says, hey. And I also say, hey, because I don't know why he says, hey, maybe there's some power in it. So, Charlie, hey. <laughs> I have many stories I learned the story from Bonke In the way he says the story I have a story about Ma- a girl called Margaret I learned this story. I watched Bonke telling that story over and over I found the story so fantastic I copied Today I'm having one of the largest crusades. If I recently, one of Bonky's work, I said he worked with Bonky for 40 years, a German man. He said, look, everywhere I go in Africa, after Bonky died, he said, everywhere I go in Africa, I see the effect of your crusade. We know you. We know you. Who's doing crusades? Yes. And everywhere we go for crusades, they always compare us with Bonky. All the time. Ah, and I'm happy. When I hear the name Bonky, I say, ah, it's my father. I follow, I learn, I copy you, you are original, so I mean, you, you can continue in your original. Congratulate your nearest neighbor. So I hear you are an original minister and an original pastor and an original evangelist. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yes. As for me, as for me I'm, not, I'm not original at all. Tell your neighbor, hey, maybe I'm not original. I'm just, I mean, I'm copying, I'm learning. Yes. Yes. Listen. Some of us pastors need to learn how to preach. Your preaching, listen, your preaching is like a sleeping tablet. In fact, if the pharmaceutical companies could see you, they may want to take your preaching as a sleeping tablet. More powerful than Valium. And you know how to bump up your preaching and change copy. And you start to see the signs. The crowds will change. The response. The aliveness of the people. The difference. The ability for people to stay with you whilst you are preaching to them. Oh yes One day I took 50 people to Korea 50, 55 I think they were Oh you'll be there next time You'll be there When they went I took them round Korea 
you know what they said to me? I t- there's a river that I take them to sit with and we talk in the evenings. I took them there and one, one person stood up and said, Bishop, there's something I want to say. These people in Korea have learned a lot from you. It seems they've copied a lot of things from what you are doing in Ghana. <laughs> and I said, hmm. I'm sorry to tell you that I'm the one who has copied everything from them. <laughs> Only this is your first time here. <laughs> it's nice to feel you are original, but the truth is that there is nothing original about anything that you are doing. Oh, yes. Number five, when you are humble, I want to give you this uh, step. It's going to change your whole life. I'm t- try copying. You are going to move to the next, I mean, the next grade of everything, the next grade. In your marriage, try copying somebody who has a good marriage. Try welcoming your husband with a swinging hat around his neck. Try, why don't you copy? You see how nice it is. Some of you, when your husband comes in, you are on your phone. You can't even lift you can't even lift your head from your phone. You'll be asking, who is there? Who is there? Shh. One one brother, his his daughter or child or whatever got married and they came to stay in the house. Hey. And he had them happy. Giggling, making noises, squealing, scratching, banging, shouting. Hey! And the father and mother couple, they were in the, the room quietly. And it sounded nice to them. The children were laughing, happy, chatting. You can hear them making noise, noises, different types of noise, as if a mouse has been caught or a, a, an animal has been a, different things. Why don't you just copy it so that your marriage will be revived? Just when you hear the noise, ah, you two also make the same noise ah, in the room. <laughs> when you hear the noise, make one of those noises, make it. I'm giving you a key to go higher. I said I'm giving you a key to go higher. Oh yes. Your marriage is dead like Sahara Desert. It's dry like Kalahari Desert. It's dry. But by copying, you are going to go higher and higher to the next level. Hmm. All right. Number five, when you are humble like a child, you are not conscious of the wealth of others. So from today, don't be conscious of people's money. You will go higher in the ministry. Don't think about money and about how much money somebody has. And I'm telling you, your level of life and ministry will go up. Don't think of money. Don't relate with people. Children don't know who is rich. When you send your child to school, he can make friends with the poorest person or the richest person. They don't even know. 
You know, I remember one, one story. There was a Ghanaian who went to school in England. And he became the boyfriend of uh, the owner of Sainsbury's. Do you know Sainsbury's? Have you heard of Sainsbury's supermarket? Very huge chain. The Sainsbury's supermarket is bigger than even the economy of some African countries. Just the, 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 the economy of the Sainsbury's. Yes. He became the boyfriend of the daughter of Sainsbury's. Something like that. I don't know. Some thoughts, I don't know. Maybe if not Sainsbury's, it's uh, the other one. Tesco. Some, one of these big. But they didn't know this is a Ghanaian. They don't know. When you are humble, you don't think of somebody's nationality or somebody's money when you are relating with them. Children don't know what country you are from. They don't know what color you are. They don't know what money you have. They are not thinking about such things. But when you are no more a child, you start to look and see how much money does he have? Which country does he come from? At first, you never think of my country. Anybody here who is thinking of me as a Ghanaian, it shows your pride. If you were a child, you never even think of my country. You think of Jesus. You think of the word of God. You think of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It shows your pride. The fact that you think that you think you are conscious of my nationality. From today, forget about nationalities. If you want to go high, forget about the wealth. Number five. Number six, the nationality. Number seven, the tribe. Number eight, the color. Children don't know that you are white or black. When they are in little school, they don't know that they are white. They don't know that they are black. They know that they are people. (laughs) They know that they are human beings. This is my best friend. But as pride comes in, then everybody says, ah, this is a white guy. Oh, this guy is rich. This guy has money. This guy cannot be my level. Pastors, I'm giving you a key to your ministry. Forget about what people have and be a real minister. I wouldn't have my first love church if I was thinking of what they have. They, they, my first love children. Now, some of them have things, but they have nothing. Students, they will even borrow each other's phone and send me a message. Hello, daddy. I this, 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 this. I'm using Sensu's phone because I don't have a phone. I love you. Then they'll send a message. And another one will take, I'm using this phone. They don't have even phones. Forget about you are thinking of, oh. I want to have this person who owns this shop in my church, this one who has this, this person who uh, belongs to this tribe. He has to be a Kikuyu or a Luo or Kalenji or this or whatever. I have, he has to be from there. Then I, you know that he's a business person connected and these are my, I'm the, I'm the pastor and the bishop of these people. Oh, really? Your ministry will be very small. Very small. I'm telling you. But the day your ministry will go up like this is the day you forget about who has what. He has rich, his money, he has this, uh, she has that. So I'm going to be a pastor. When you go visiting, let me take my book on shepherding. Where is shepherd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These books about shepherds. 
Become a shepherd. What is it called? How, what it means to become a shepherd? Or the art of shepherding. Or transform your pastoral ministry, which is the same as transform your shepherding ministry. These three books are being a shepherd. A shepherd visits the sheep. The work of a shepherd is four things. Prayer, visitation, counseling, interaction. Four. You, you learn it in this book. A shepherd visits. In Jeremiah 23 verse 2, he says that I'm against you because you have not visited my sheep. But you see the pastors who are conscious of wealth, you only visit rich people. Yeah. Do you have such things in Kenya? You only visit rich people. If he's a poor man, you don't visit. Yeah. And I teach my shepherd, just visit everybody. Visit the love the people. Where do you come from? Where, where did you come from? I remember one time I went visitation in a slum. We have some slums in Ghana too. Hey, this, this young lady, she could not believe that I had come to visit you have to pass through some place. And bend down and enter. When I entered, she was, she was surprised. Yeah. But my policy is that you can come to church, I can come to your house. If you can come to my church, I can come to your house. I can visit you at where you are. Because a pastor will now know where the people are coming from. The people you are taking offerings from, the people you are caring for, you have an idea of their real life. She could not believe. It has been many years since I went to that particular place. One day I was in New York. I was in New York and a lady comes walking to me and I said, huh? Is it not you? I visited you now. The lady from the slum, she's now in New York. And you see, such people, never, they will never leave you. They will never leave you. They will never leave you. Many people that I met, they, they, they say, you visited me. I was a student. You visited me in my room in school. I visit students in their rooms, in school, room to room, visiting. Yes. Did I visit you? Stand up. Did I visit you? Yes. I was in medical school, fourth year. You came to the hostel. You went to someone's room, and then you began to move from room to room. So... You go to the first person's room and you move with the person to the second room and the two to the third room. By the time you get to the tenth room, it's, it's a whole church in the next room. Yes. You sat with us, answered some of the questions. I mean, you went through some of the medical questions with us, helped us to pass our exams and our children also. The same way you visited us, you went to visit our children in school. Yes. Yes. As students. Oh, yes. That's why you don't have members. 
That's why you don't have members. That's why you don't have rich people as members. This man is now a medical um, specialist. He's a specialist doctor. But you see, when I visited him, he was nobody. You are not conscious of the wealth of the person. Just, it's just a human, it's a soul. A soul is a soul. And it's precious to God. Stop being conscious of wealth in your life and your ministry. Remember, everybody is very important to you. Yes. And especially when they are, they are nothing. Tell yourself, remember, remember this message today. That look, this person, you don't know who this person. I remember one lady, she was part of a group. I was meeting under a tree. I was meeting under a tree mm-hmm. for fellowship. After church, we were all sitting there together. She was. One day, I remember she gave me, she, she, she called me. I said, where are you? She said, daddy, I'm on a private jet. Private jet. She'd been flying all over the place in private jets. But when I knew her, first of all, she was in the poorest part of the country. Then when, at a later stage when she was in school, she was nobody. She was no, she didn't even have a job. When she was going to get a job, she came to ask me, Daddy, I have two places. They are offering me here or here. Which one should I take? I thought I'd take this one. But she said she wanted to take the other one. But I said, take this one, it's better. She, she just did what I told her. Because she had come to trust. I said, take it. And she's, you can imagine where she is. Today she's out anywhere in the world. Doing everything. Every day she's on a jet somewhere doing something. Oh, yeah. But because of your consciousness of wealth, you can never have people. This Neri has so many people. And you sit in your chest, 17 members, bishop, doctor. Preaching to empty chairs and preaching to the air. But you see, you see, again, because you don't know the art of shepherding. Where is this book? The simple art of shepherding. That this is a pastor's conference to teach pastors how to be a pastor is in this book. How to be a pastor. How to be a pastor. You know, when you become a doctor, you, 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 you learn. Mondays, we have ward rounds, major ward rounds. Tuesdays, we have clinic, major clinic. Wednesdays, we have minor ward rounds. Thursdays, we have major surgery. Fridays, we have OPD, outpatients department. Saturday, emergency duty. Every day, there's something. And that was me. I was a doctor. That's what I knew. So when I became a pastor, my question was, what shall I do on Mondays? What shall I do on Tuesdays? What shall I do on Wednesdays? Because on Wednesday we had major surgery. You know, major surgery and minor. Major surgery is like one operation can take seven hours. Minor surgery, one operation can take maybe 30 minutes, 40 40 minutes. So we have minor surgery on Thursday, major surgery on Tuesdays. Then ward round, major ward round. We go for every patient and discuss each patient. And then we have minor ward round. Then we have emergency where you are there for 48 hours. So every day there is something. When I became a pastor full-time, I didn't know what to do. What shall I do on Monday? What shall I do on Tuesday? What shall I do on Wednesday as a pastor? This is why many pastors are businessmen today. Because they don't know what to do as a pastor. 
you, you don't know what ministry is. And you are also covered with pride. So you will never get any book written by someone. And you will not also study it or learn it. So you have two problems. Number one, you don't know. And number two, your pride will not let you learn. And there's no breakthrough for you. And your church remains small and you are a beggar. You know, you are a pastor. Everywhere you go, they have to give you an envelope. They have to put something in your hand. They have to give you some cake. Some, you know. The Bible says, to beg, I am ashamed. But pastors are not ashamed of begging. You are expecting somebody to give you money. Oh, that's a terrible life for a pastor. It's a terrible life to always be hoping that oh, maybe the member will remember me. Maybe she will, he will give something to me. I don't know whether I should continue to Zambia. Maybe I should go to Zambia and talk about these things. Maybe, maybe it doesn't apply in Kenya. I think I'll stop. <laughs> yes. Pastors are beggars. Hey, I remember when I was a student uh, years ago and I, I went to England and I, I happened to stay there for some months because our, our school was closed and I was very poor. I can remember that time because it was difficult. Everybody I met, I was hoping would somehow... Know that there is nothing in my pocket. Oh, yes. I used to walk around looking on the floor. Maybe somebody has dropped 50 pounds. 20 pounds. Is there anybody here who has ever walked around hoping that somebody has dropped my... Raise your hand if you have experienced that. Oh, yes. I was hoping. I remember my uncle came to visit and I was saying, Lord... Speak to this man. Tell this man was he was a dentist, very rich man. Touch his heart. What is he not thinking correctly? Let him think. Remember now, and he never he didn't remember anything. Hey, now if this is how your life is as a pastor, where everyone you meet, Lord, touch their heart. Speak to them. Tell them to give me some rice. Tell them to give me some. Mommy, it's a bad life. That's not how a pastor is. Oh, yes. It's a great thing to serve the Lord. It's not a small thing to serve the Lord. It's a great thing to serve the Lord. It's a great, a great honor to be a pastor and to be a servant of the Lord. I have a book here called It is a Great Thing. To serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. So from today, don't relate with anybody in terms of money. Yes. Some of you, you only smile when you see rich people. When, when you see a rich people, <laughs> as, 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 you have some funny sheepish smile. It's so artificial, and then when the person goes, the smile is gone. When you see a poor person, oh, no, 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 your attitude comes. 
No. From today, I'm telling you, your ministry will go higher. Every large church has a lot of poor people in it. Every large church has a lot of poor people in it. Every large crusade has a lot of poor people in it. Jesus said, I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Poor people are very important for your success. And as soon as you just go down, oh yes. Oh yes. A certain pastor. Ah, he was looking for a beloved. And uh, he saw a lady. She looked very rich. And he said, this is the right person. So he proposed to her and he married her. Hey! The trouble that he saw in that house One day there was a terrible quarrel in the house. And she told the man, walk out. So, all my stories are true, except the ones about foxes and wolves and so on. But the one with human beings, they are true. She climbed up on the settee in the furniture in the in the living room she climbed up and she, there was a clock on the wall so she climbed up and she picked the clock and she gave it to her husband and said go this is the only thing you brought to the marriage this is the only thing you brought to the marriage take it and go all this he died a broken hearted man he died a broken hearted man because he was conscious of wealth when he was taking a step. That's not, it's a step into pride. Do you want to go higher? Go humble. Thank you. I said, do you want to go higher? Yes. Go humble. Some of you are looking at, who shall I marry? You say, ah. This girl, I'm good to marry her family is from a so-so and so tribe. When I marry her, I will also own four blocks of apartments. Wow. You'll be surprised. Rich people may not give you money. Yes. I never knew that my wife's family was a wealthy family. I didn't, it, it never occurred to me when I was going to marry her. Whether her father has money, her father doesn't have money. Later I found out that she had, had money. It didn't, it didn't matter. One time I was in Colombia. Do you know Colombia? And I was in a hotel. I was having a crusade. And I came down to the reception. And I saw Americans, about five of them sitting in the lobby. And they were going through some albums. So I was wondering what it was. So I passed around, looked with the left corner of my eye, and I saw the, each page of Ava was a beautiful girl, Colombian lady. So I said, what are these Americans doing? He said, oh, they've come here to find wives because they feel that the Colombians are more humble than the American ones. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I tell you, 
it's quite a clever thing to get a humble person to marry. It's not easy to stay with a proud queen. When you want to have sex with her, you have to write a letter. You, you have to negotiate as though you are doing an arms deal. I think I'll stop. Because you don't understand such things. Do not be conscious of people's nationalities. If you want to go higher, close your eyes to nationality and flow with humility. Don't be conscious of nationality. Don't say, this one is from here. Look at the people that have been a blessing to me if I was to consider nationalities. Benihin is a Palestinian Israeli or Palestinian. Kenneth Hagen is American. Yonggi Cho is a Korean, Asian. Bishop Oedepo is a Nigerian. Ranad Bonke is a German. Dr. Gunaratna is a Malaysian. I've never thought of people or in terms of their, I realize that it doesn't occur to me. But some of you, your eyes are ah, he's from uh, uh, West Africa, eh? or he's from where? He's from uh, the north. Eh? The South Africans call us the northness. Except you, yes. Oh, in Ghana, they say, uh, look, he's half cast. Uh, here you call it point five, eh? Pointy, yeah. When you do that, you cut you cut out yourself of maybe eighty percent of your blessings. Eh? There are some people who can't receive from white people. They say, "Oh no, we are we are Africa, Africa." Don't make a mistake, oh. That's why God chooses the oddest of people. He will choose a strange person and see whether you can receive from that person. He will choose somebody younger than you and see whether you can receive. When you go to a doctor and the doctor is younger than you, you don't tell him, ah, you can be my... He'll tell, take off your clothes and you'll be humbly obeying what he's saying. Whether he's young or old. You don't ask his age, please, how old are you? How old are you before you are telling me to do that? What do you mean? <laughs> Humble yourself. I'm telling you, if, well, as soon as God showed me Korea, I said, Korea is good. And Korean, they cannot speak English, eh? Koreans don't speak a word of English. Eh? It's difficult to get to speak. But you see, it became a blessing to me. Everywhere is a blessing to me. I don't think of your country. All my Kenyans, I have children in Kenya. And I always like, no, they're all my children. All of them, plenty. I have so many, so many Kenyan children. People, even this crusade, some of the full-time are Kenyans. I have two Kenyan bishops. Yes, I have two Kenyan bishops. Two bishops in our church who are Kenyans. Yes. And I don't... 
I don't think of the. I was the other day saying that I don't care about. I don't think of the people. I don't think of as their their culture. Yes, but you people spoil churches by saying, "Ah, you see, it's a Ghanaian thing." It's a, I remember one guy. He wanted to scatter the church. He said, "You see, Ghana. He's always thinking of Ghana. He's doing it because he's from Ghana." Yeah. Who's that? Our bishop has been here for years. Anyone who gets up and starts to say he's from Ghana, he's a Ghana, this Ghana, as he's been here, we've never known the difference between Ghana and Kenya. The day you start that, you are bringing an evil spirit of racism and nationalism which destroys churches and destroys the ministry. If, if I'll tell you something that Kenya needs, you need an injection from outside. Yes, you need an injection. It's going to bring life here. Yes. You see, when you inbreed all the time, it produces abnormalities. It's true. Yes. Inbreeding, it produces abnormalities. That's why people don't marry your brother and your sister. Because inbreeding, it causes you, you the people get scales, claws, blindness, death, dumb, different deformities from inbreeding. You've never had an outside input. That's why God told me to go out. 20, about 20 years ago, told me, take your ministry outside the four walls of your church. Take your ministry outside your church. And that's how come I started to go outside. And he's always let me go, 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 go. So, I see you going higher through a special grace. Of not being conscious of any tribe anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet for a moment. Oh, yes. Lift your hands and pray for the spirit of humility. Make me a young child, Lord, before your presence. Help me to recognize my need to become humble like a child that I may become great in your eyes.
Father, thank you. Now listen. In this last few minutes, I want us to believe God to fulfill the reason why God called you and raised you up. Every one of us. Lift your hand and ask God, Lord, help me to fulfill my ministry and to finish whatever you have placed in my life that I may fulfill it, I may finish it greatly. Masato Marakala Majombe Mezendelebe in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, we want to learn from you and fulfill the ministry you've given to us. Pray that you will finish your calling. Listen, pray, Lord, help me to finish because many people don't finish. Lord, help me to finish. Help me to finish. To finish. To finish everything. To finish. I thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now Maya is going to sing this song and after that I'm going to give you and after that I'm going to give you just for a few minutes the last special keys to fulfill your ministry. Amen. This book says, make full proof of your ministry. Full proof. There shall come a time in your life, you will walk in your calling. In the fields that are white, you will walk in many nations, you will speak my word, nothing will 
prophecy. When I say as a prophecy, I, I want you to take the mystery of it as something God is telling you in a mysterious way for your personal life and your ministry. Amen. And I believe you are the one he's looking for to accomplish many great things. Amen. Amen. Do you believe you are the one that he is looking for? I also believe that. Amen. Number one. Be humble. Amen. And be meek and lowly. Lowly. Follow the Holy Spirit, meek and lowly, in a lowly life of insignificance. Amen. Meek and lowly from today. Yes. And what does it mean? Choose the corners which no one likes. Oh yes, accept the jobs where you will not be seen. Accept the jobs where you will not be seen. Do not advertise everything you are doing. Yes, God is the one who needs to see it. Amen. God is the one who needs to see. And God sees the humble. In your lowly position. So meek and lowly. 
meek and lowly. Accept the law, the job that nobody sees. You'll be very great. Amen. Now, years ago, God gave me a job to hold camp meetings. And I've held camp meetings, private camp meetings. Those were the camp meetings Jimmy was talking about. I've held private camp meetings here in Kenya, in Masai Mara, and where is the other place? Taita. I've been here having come. Nobody saw me. You see, nobody has to see me. Doesn't, you don't need to accept the job that nobody sees you. But who has churches? Who has come from another country has got churches across the whole country? With members and cathedrals and offices. Yeah. Accept the job from God that even no one recognizes you. When I came to Ken, no one greeted me or said, well done. I stayed for days teaching, preaching. And other meetings, actually, not only those, other meetings. Shamola Sambola Kapara Madobere Sibolere. I don't know where you are in your ministry. Don't be worried about people seeing. Don't be worried about people seeing. There's one person who needs to see. And it is God. If God can see, it's very good. Yes. The people that you are hoping will even see, they don't even please God. God, who are they to God? (laughs) Number two. Like Jesus, accept to accept to to do not your will, not what you want from now, but what He wants. Not to do your own will. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will. A humble person does not do what he wants. My singer does not sing what she wants. When you have a proud singer, they will come, you know, we have this latest song, you know, we have this uh, song from here, we have this song. When you have proud worship leaders, they have their own music. In my church, you sing exactly what I want. Yes. Exactly what I want. Nothing else works. What, only what works for me. Yeah. No one preaches what he wants. If you ask me what to preach, you know, I always ask the Lord, what shall I preach? Then the Lord told me when I came here before, what should I be? He told me, preach about pride. Yeah. I, I didn't I always so I don't really, I just be keep on I've already, I know I have this book, Those Who Are Proud. So I should preach about pride. Yeah. And I don't know if you have a problem of pride in, in Kenya. You are proud. Very proud. Hey. Hey. For you to be saying we are very proud. I'm even more frightened. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know anything. Honestly, I don't know. If I knew, I, would, I cannot lie, stand here and be lying. 
But I kept on, no, you know, preach about pride. Those who are proud. And I kept on trying to avoid it. I try always to do what, and there's a book, for instance, I went on a holiday somewhere, and I had a dream. When I woke up, the Holy Spirit said to me, in the dream, write a book on tithing. Is it here? Where? This is, I can't see the books. Uh huh. He told me, in France, I was. He said, write a book on tithing. This book is a master key for prosperity of churches. And you have never read a book like this on tithing. I can assure you. If you like, try reading it and see. Try from today. Don't do what you want. Do what he wants. It will be a great key. And that's a key of a humble person. And if you are humble like Jesus, Jesus came to him. As for me, I didn't come to do what I, I, I want to do here. When his father wanted him to die, I'm dying now. Time to die. Time to die already? I've only said it. He said, yes, time to die. Wow. <laughs> time to exit? Yes. Wow. Key number three. I'm, I'm, these, are, this is, these are steps of Jesus. Everything I'm telling you, Jesus did. He, Jesus said, I am meek and lowly. And I told you, be meek and lowly. Step number three. From today, declare that you cannot do anything by yourself. Declare it from your heart. I cannot do anything by myself. I cannot do anything by myself. And Jesus said in John 5, 19, he said, the son can do nothing (laughs) of himself. What does that mean? Go and wait on God. pastors that I have and leaders and workers who don't bother to refer to me and who don't bother to ask or who don't bother to come closer or who don't bother to find out all of them feel they can do something by themselves if you believe it today I'm I'm sending you to wait on God when was the last time you went to wait on God for one week, only you, you and only God. Ah, you see, you don't wait on on God. You are you are yourself, man. You are your own man. Go away from everybody. Go away from everybody. Ah, I'm busy. I have whatever. That's why you can do now. That's why your ministry is so short-lived, and your ministry cannot achieve much. At the base of everyone who is accomplishing and going higher is this reality that I cannot do anything of myself and by myself unless he's in it. Unless he sent me. Unless what I'm doing is what he really wants me to do now. It's useless. Yeah. Bow down yourself. Come to meet God. I'm telling you, go and meet God somewhere. You know, sometimes when I'm going to wait on the Lord, 
Sometimes he starts to speak to me before. In fact, many times. And sometimes, just, I mean, before, it's like, sometimes I'll be thinking, but I haven't even gone. But you see, God knows you've decided to depend on him. You've changed in your spirit to depend on him. So you haven't even gone to wait on him. But he started speaking because your spirit has just leaned on him. And he knows you are really going. So many times it has happened to me. And I always think to myself, "Ah, but does the Lord know that I'm coming to wait on him? And it looks like he does. Everybody who is busy, 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 busy. Sometimes I send people, they are so busy. They never ask me. They never refer. They never ask. I just want to check. I have some people, they will call me and ask me, Daddy, you, you told me this, but just, I'm just checking for the last time. Before I do this, you said this and that. Is this what you think? Shall we still do it? Shall we still? Those are the best workers. Those are my best people that I work with. They will always check. Is it this? Is that, are you sure this is what we should do? Do it. Those are the best but those who go for a long time never, oh sorry, never send a word back never call back, never check never do anything those are, they are not, they are not good workers because long they start moving and everything has changed and they are still on the wrong route <laughs> the old path you send people and I give you a map or a phone and you, once you go with the map you never call back but if I give you a phone and keep calling keep calling, I'm here okay, we are, okay, we are doing okay, we are continuing, we are continuing. it means you, there's, nothing you are, there's nothing you are doing even that is from you it is from him that you are doing everything Jesus said I can do nothing but what I see my father do may you rise in the realm of the spirit as you do that. Amen. Number four. Begin to humbly reveal to people where you learned what you learned from. That your, your teachings are not original. Begin to do that. Begin to acknowledge where you learned what you learned from. And start humbly saying it. The more easily you say, the more humble you are. The more easily you refer. Now look at Jesus. John chapter 7 verse 16. And John chapter 14 verse 24. Jesus said, He that loveth me keepeth not my sins. But the word which you hear is not mine. The word which you hear is not mine. But the fathers which sent me. From today, eh, I'm going to tell you a key to your greatness. Tell everybody. You see, as I've preached, this is my fourth day of conference here in Kenya. You would have, have heard names over and over. It's a sign of greatness. Jesus said, my word is not mine. That will end your original whatever of pride and it will all vanish like a helicopter. It will lift off you. (laughs) Oh, yes. Look at John chapter 7 verse 16. 
Jesus answered and said, Oh, this message is not mine. My doctrine, it is not mine. Look at the verse. My doctrine is not mine. I learned it. I learned it. It's not mine. My doctrine is not mine. I mean, is this not the way to greatness as far as Jesus is concerned? Yes. My doctrine is not mine. I learned it from somewhere. And that's what you're going to be saying from today. Learn something and say, I learned it. It's a sign of pride. Even amongst my own pastors, I can see those who have that pride. They want to show that they have a message. They don't want to say, my father taught me this last for two weeks ago, I was listening to my father and he was saying this. This is what he said. And that's what I'm sharing with you. No, 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 no. But they, so you, it means you are not humble like Jesus. Jesus said, my doctrine is not mine. This one is not mine. I'm just telling you what I got. I'm actually sharing you with you my notes. I'm actually preaching to you from this book, Victory Secrets. By the way, this is a, one of the greatest books on the book of Revelation. One day a man from Scotland said to me, he said, I've never read a book that is such an expose on the book of revelations this book is on the book of revelations revelation is a mysterious book to most of us this book will open the book of revelations to you this is called victory secrets victory secrets wow <laughs> oh yes it's true The greatest book of Revelation I ever read was from Yonggi Cho. I was so blessed reading his book on Revelation. Not on church growth, on Revelations. Yeah. It started to make me interested in Revelations. More than 30 years ago. I see people going higher. Number five. Tell people where you got your inspiration from. Loud and bold. Loud and bold. I do it. I don't teach it, but I'm showing you now. I'm teaching you now. You hear me loudly and boldly mentioning names of people. When I met Bonke, I told him, I'm your stepson. You don't know me. And, and somebody there said, don't say stepson. My son, I said, I'm one of your sons. I told him, I'm one of you. Don't know me, I'm one of your sons. I mention your name all the time. I honor you. I love you. I learn from you. I've learned all that I'm doing. I've learned it from you. I told him when I met him in Brazil. I didn't just tell him. I, I, I cried it. I cried out. Listen. Listen to how Jesus did it. Listen to how Jesus cried. In John chapter 7 verse 20. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught saying. You both know me and you know whence I have come. But I am not come of myself. I do nothing. But he was shouting it out. That's where I got my inspiration. I didn't get my inspiration from myself. I'm not self-made. 
Cry it out. Cry it out. The more you cry, it looks as if you go, you are nobody, you are down. But that is actually the way up. You get more revelation, I'm telling you. You get more revelation. More things will be revealed to you. And one day, people will also acknowledge you. But you see, you've noticed that no one mentions your name when they are preaching. Have you not noticed that no one mentions your name? Because you, you also never mention anybody's name. <laughs> no, no one acknowledges you that they learned this from you, they learned this from you, or you are this and that. No, no one ever. You, you, you never also learn anything from anybody. What you sow, you are reaping. So say where your inspiration comes from. I am not my own. I did not come of my own self. Number six, I'm giving you master keys to greatness of your ministry. Are you listening? These are prophecies. I'm giving you prophecies. Marasandola Mashanda. Become obedient in every area. Humble yourself and become obedient in every single area. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh yes. And Philippians chapter 2 verse 8, the Bible says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. 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 The more humble you are, the more obedient you are. In fact, the more obedient you are in anything. Maybe you are trying to get divorced. And then your pastor says to you, Stop it. Stop it. That will, the more humble you are, the more you will stop it. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. But when you are not humble, you are not obedient. You are obedient in some areas, but except maybe marriage. Or maybe accept finances or accept this area. Yeah. But there's an area. No, Pastor, don't talk about this. That's not your area. Stay with your ministry. Stay. You are a pastor, so stay in your section. This has to do with finances. This has to do with marriage. Wow. <laughs> but the Bible says he became obedient. Eh? Even, even, the, the word even means that, I mean, like to an extreme. Amen. Everyone must decide, Lord, I'm going to develop myself in extreme obedience to God. Amen. Whatever God says, I'll do. There's nothing that God can say that I will not do. Hey. Check your history, check your life and see. God can tell me, do this, do this, do this. But when it comes to this, mm, no. Touch not. Hey. One day I asked somebody a question. He said, it's personal. I said, hey. Sorry, sorry for asking. <laughs> it's personal. Since when is it personal? Jesus was obedient even. That's why he's so great. And that's how you are also going to become great. 
by just obeying, just be obedient. What does God tell you to do? Do you think I'm preaching what I want to preach? Do you think I'm preaching what I like preaching? I can tell you after church, I won't tell you now, what I like preaching. There are some things I enjoy. I like, of course, I'm enjoying preaching what I'm preaching, but there are some things I like more than others. Oh, yes. How many are going to develop yourself in extreme obedience to the Lord? Amen. I see you fulfilling your ministry. Take this as a prophecy. Take this. If God says to you, do this, do it. Do it. One day I went to a town called Katahina. Katahina. Do you know Katahina? It's in Colombia. Hey! For a crusade in Colombia. When I got into the hotel, I wasn't happy with the hotel. It was a funny place. Hey! And I saw things I've never seen in the hotels before. Yes. When I slept in that room, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said to me, come and start a church here in Colombia. Come and start churches in Colombia. Hey, Lord, me from Ghana, Colombia, how? But it's always on my heart and always on my mind. It's easier to come and start a church somewhere else than start a church in Kenya. Every country is, uh, in, in Colombia, every country is different. I'm happy to tell you today that we have a powerful church in Katahina today, right now, full of Colombians, full of Colombians, Spanish-speaking Colombians. But you see, how, how does that come about? Because I felt God was telling me something to do. Yes. One day I, I was in London, and uh, when, when I, I mentioned the places because you, if God speaks to you, remember when he spoke and where and how. And the Holy Spirit said to me, go and start a church in Nigeria. Now, if you are in West Africa, you know that the relationship between Nigeria and Ghana, even though we are close, there is some type of, I don't know, I don't know what it is, yes. I, let me not say much. Nigerians will more easily come and start a church in Ghana, but rarely would a, a Ghanaian go to Nigeria and start a church. Rare, it's very rare. So when the Lord said to me, "Go to Nigeria," I said, "Lord, you got to be serious. <laughs> Lord, stop cracking jokes. <laughs> Let's be serious." But I did. I wish I could show you pictures of our cathedrals in Jos Plateau. In Ibadan, in Lagos, in Epe, in different parts of Nigeria, Calabar, all over. I wish I could show you pictures today. Yeah. Try hard to be obedient. One day I was reading a book by a man, and the Holy Spirit said to me, Don't receive this man as a colleague from today, receive him as a father. 
I said, oh, but he's a colleague. He said, no, he's not a colleague. I said, he's a colleague minister. He writes and I write. We are all writers. He preaches and I preach. The Lord said, no. Don't receive him as a colleague minister. From today, receive him as a father. It was a very important instruction for me. One day I met a pastor. He said to me, I've made one big mistake in my whole life in ministry. And that is that when I came from Bible school, my classmate whom I came with, the Holy Spirit told me that this your classmate, receive him as a father. But I said, no, we are classmates. We are all mates. We are the same. He told me, he told me, he had, he, I, mean, I remember he has a very big car. He told me, this is the mistake of my whole life. Then I told him, but it's not too late. He said, oh, it's too late for me. I'm too old now. It's, it's a mistake I made. It has affected my whole ministry. Yes. Humble you, if, even to the obedience of the death of the cross. Yeah. Anyone God tells you, humble yourself in relation to this person. Look. Remember when God sent Jesus to John the Baptist. And he went to him. And he said, you you have the son of God. I said, baptize me. He said, I'm not even worthy to touch you. He said, Jesus said, baptize me. For God to send Jesus to somebody who was even a mere man. So when John the Baptist did an altar call, all those of you who want baptism, come to the front now. Jesus lifted up his hand like this. Baptism. Baptism. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, I made a mistake. All vipers and uh, wicked men who are ready for repentance... Come forward and I will baptize you. And Jesus lifted his hand and he went forward for because that was John the Baptist's message. You brood of vipers who has warned you to flee. That was the message that Jesus was listening to when he said, All those of you who want uh, to, to repent, come forward. Jesus lifted his hand and repent. Many of us pastors, you see, we always exclude ourselves from altar calls, from anything God is doing. So, ah, the young ones, young ones, come forward and give your, give your lives. <laughs> Obey God. In this life, God can choose somebody and use that person, no matter who the person is. And if you refuse the person, you've refused your life. You've refused your life. It's an important step in your ministry. All through my life, God has told me to honor people, give offerings. One of the one of the things people don't know in the ministry, they don't know how to honor. Many of you pastors, no one will ever honor you because you don't honor. I remember when I went to Tulsa. The Holy Spirit told me, honor Kenneth Hagin. But that day he announced in church that he had paid tithes of, I think, 27 million. I don't remember. I mean, it's different figures. 27 million dollars. So, ah, 27 million. That means that his income for the year was 270 million dollars. 
And I said, me, I've come from Africa with my small offering. How can I go and give somebody who pays tithes of $27 million? What is my Ghana cities going to do? But I did. And you know, Kenneth Hagin was touched by that. One time I, I honored Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn said to me, you are the second person who has ever done this. I think people don't honor men. Of, a lot of people don't honor Kenneth Hagin. The, when I gave the offering to Kenneth Hagin's son, so please give this to your father. Because God has spoken to me in the night and I had cried a lot. I was very upset because he was upset. And he was upset that I wasn't going to honor Kenneth Hagin. So I had cried about, for about 30 minutes. Crying real tears. I don't often cry. But that day I cried. Because it's a very emotional thing to me. I gave it to his son. I saw the son on the corridor. I said, please, can you give this to your father? I said, thank you. I, I, that was it. I don't know. Thank you. Those of you always, we have to say thank you. Want somebody to say thank you, worship you because you have given an offering. And so I never even wanted to, to see him. But this man looked for me. He said, please, can you follow me to see my father? And he took me to his father. And his father shook hands with me. And said, this is the person. I think I must have been a very unusual person to honor him. People come, but they don't honor. That's why few Americans are carrying Papa Higgins' anointing. Few. I'm one of Kenneth Higgins' sons. And I don't use the word lightly. Sons and fathers. I know you always use fathers, 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 fathers. But I don't use that word lightly. I rarely call people my son or my daughter. If I call you my son or I call you my daughter, it's a, it's a very... There's a reason. Yes. Learn it all. Anointing is not in heaven. It's here on somebody, on some people. When you learn to honor, something will pass to you. Yes. So become obedient in everything. One day I met a, a pastor who, was, who has divorced his wife. And I asked him, if your spiritual father, who was his pastor, had died, he had died. I said, if he was alive, do you think anything would be different? He said, oh, if my father was here, my spiritual father, he said, I will not be, I will not be, I will not be divorced today. He said, I will not be divorced. I said, why? He said, oh, if I had gone to him with this trouble, he would have told me, wait. Wait till I tell you. And he said, up to today, I would have been waiting. <laughs> but there are some people, they cannot tell you wait. Hey, they cannot tell. He said, you don't know what? You don't know. I'm not saying that they always have to say wait. But there are some people, whether they say wait, whether they say stop, whether they say whatever, you will say your answer will be you don't know. You don't know what I've been through, what I've seen. You are a man, that is why you are talking like that. Sorry for, sorry for talking. Oh, yes. Number seven, we are ending. Be humble and do every low profile job from today do low profile jobs oh yes 
Jesus said a very famous scripture, John 13, verse 13. He says, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, if I then have washed you, you ought to wash your neighbor's feet. So from today, don't run away from any low profile job. There's nothing too low for you. There's nowhere too low for you. There's nowhere too far. That's why the church is so small. Places are below you. You consider it lower than you. And Jesus said, if I have come down and I am your Lord, then you too learn this. That's why we can't send missionaries to certain places. Because you consider them lower. You in Kenya, you consider some countries lower than you. So if you are being sent there, it's like lower than you. I prefer to preach to Kenyans than to preach to another country. I mean, I don't know which countries you feel you are lower than or higher than. Do you know any countries that you feel that you are lower or higher than? Do you feel you are better than Uganda? <laughs> Tanzania? You feel you are better than Tanzania? You feel you are better than Zambia? What about Ethiopia? Look, if Jesus could lower himself and come down to people like us, there is nowhere, please, that you should ever say, Lord, I will not go there or I can't go there. And I want, you to, tell, I want to tell you, you are not better than any country you just think you are better than some country but you are not better than you think so but you are not i think i better stop before i get into trouble and finally when you are humble minister how many are going to be humble this is your step, prophetic step. Do not compete with any other ministers. Oh, yes. In Luke chapter 9, verse 36, there arose a reasoning. Luke 9, 36, who should be the greatest? In Kenya, do pastors try to see who is the greatest? Eh? Do you have that here also? Like, who is the greatest priest, pastor? Ah! And very connected to this is the very last point, is that when your next step is accept to be the younger. Accept to be the younger. Love the younger and accept to be a young. Just be young. When you are home, be young. I'm young, I'm young, I'm young. When you are in church, I'm young. Some of us have to change from our older ways of behaving and dressing amen look at luke 12 36 but you shall not be so he that is greatest among you let him be as the younger i came to teach you be as the younger be as the younger which means be like a young person this is a prophetic direction for every pastor. Be as a young person from today. From today. 
be ready to jump. Be ready to laugh. You know, because when you are old and very dignified, you can't even laugh. When you are laughing, it's like you shouldn't show your you shouldn't show that you are happy. Let receive this prophecy for your church. Be as the younger. Be as a young person's church. When I started my young people's church, I started to dye my hair different. Every Sunday I have a different color. Oh, yes. I used to come to church. I don't know, they, 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 they stopped buying the dye for me, but I just would color my hair red, green. And I come to church wearing a t-shirt and I had different color watches. Oh yes. Let him be as the younger. It has given me more members, more I have now 60 bishops, young bishops. Some of my bishops are 30 years old. Yeah, 60 of them with churches all over. Yeah, since I started that young, this thing. When I became as a younger Oh yeah, yeah, I left all the millionaires at my older church. Millionaires, those who sell iron rods, cutting materials, those who sell paint, those who are doing business, I left all of them. Hey, I have church mem- I have big church members who, who make me dedicate aeroplanes and all kinds of things. Yeah, I left all of them at the grown-up church and I went to be with children. Yes. Let him be as the younger. <laughs> Oh yes. Let him be as a Resindo Rama Zomeridele. There's nothing wrong with being as the younger. It is actually a command from Jesus. Let him be as the younger. Let not not let him be as the older. Let him be as the younger. Let him be as the younger. Let him be as a young person. Yeah. Yeah. And because you don't obey, the young people have been sold out to drugs. Cigarettes, alcohol. Do you drink in Kenya? Do do, do, do you like alcohol in Kenya? Do you, do you have a lot of drinking here? Drinking. You've dashed your children to all these things. You've you've dashed all your children because when they look at us as priests and we look so old and dignified and we look different from how they could ever be. It looks they said religion. It represents religion. It's something outside there. They don't want it. And that's why he says, let him be as the younger. This is a prophetic word for you. And I believe that from today, Samanda, I see in the realm of the spirit like this, going like this, going like this, going like this, going like this. Lift your hands, everyone, and speak to the Lord, for he has brought us to this place. Let him be as the younger. Let him be as the younger. Let him be as the younger. The younger. The younger. Laba, let me be as the younger. Father, I pray for myself. 
and I will be as the younger. I pray for myself. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that I will be as a younger, and not as the older. Yes, Lord, that I will be as the younger. Thank you. Thank you for Kenya. Yes. Thank you for Tika. Yes. Thank you for Nyeri. Yes. Thank you for all the pastors, the churches. Thank you for Uganda, Tanzania, Maskeride, Serende, Jerembele, Vista, Bramanova, Stele, Dalaba, Pesindolo, Somonele, Handokle, Kremish, Kelegur, Stomach, Telemandela, In the mighty name of Jesus. Put your hand on your heart. God is making you as the younger. Yes. It's actually. Reducing your age in the realm of the spirit, Jesus, do it so that you become like a younger, yes, humble Lord. person in his hand, yes, Lord, to use you mightily yes, to reach Lord. many thousands and millions of young people, do it, Lord, who need the help and the grace that is coming from your life, Jesus. Receive this special grace, let him be as the younger, yes, let him be as the younger. Yes. It's a prophetic direction. It's a prophetic direction. Let him be as the younger. Let him be. Let her be. Let him be as the younger. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your mighty, mighty power that is released in your church. I know, Lord, that I see many, many wonderful Kenyans. Yes. Oh, becoming as young, fire, anointed, oily, unction-filled ministers of God. Thank you that even the older are becoming as the younger. The Sekure la Rengmente Shende Bazamanandala. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray with thanksgiving. We thank you, dear Lord. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated for a moment. As we end, I want to, I want to sing this song to you. Um, you are the one that Jesus has been looking for in Kenya. And you are the one. Do you believe it or you don't believe it? No, I, I don't know when you want to start believing Because when you go to heaven You can't believe you, This is the time to believe things Do you believe that as you are here You are the one he's looking for Is the one he's going to use I believe it And I want to tell you What a Kenyan can do A Ghanaian cannot do A Nigerian cannot Just as what a Ghanaian can do A, a Kenyan can do I, I, I can only encourage you to do what only you can do. No one can do it except what you are supposed to do. That's why sometimes God looks at people who are disobeying and says, hey, you don't know what you are doing. What you are not doing, the cost of it is too high. 
I pray that every young man here, everyone here, will take this serious. And I want to also invite you to the Bible school. I don't know if some people have registered. Yes. I want to make this special offer again to you here to come to Bible school. How many of you here have been to the Bible school? Some of you are here, been to a Bible school, yeah. All these guys. Yeah, several people. Yeah. And it's going to change your life because it's a special offer. But again, it, it must be from your heart. Yes. You are actually the one that God has been sort of like waiting for. And if God can use me, somebody who was born giftless, without gifts, huh? how much more you? Some of you were born with gifts. But some of us, we came gift-free. <laughs> what gift did you come into this world with? You know, I, I was so giftless that I was never chosen even to be a prefect. Yes. I'm sure a pastor has been a prefect in school before. Yes. Yeah, you see now? Yes. 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 He, was a, he was a prefect. I've never been a prefect. Even a cla- blackboard monitor to wipe the board, I was never chosen. <laughs> so if God can use somebody who came into the world without gifts, and rather give the person gifts, then I believe God can use you. So you are the one he's looking for. Amen.
such a need in this lost and dying world. Thank you for the blessing of today Touching our lives so powerfully We are blessed There's no one else to work for But you Lord yes. We give you thanks yes. And we give you praise yes. In the name of Jesus Amen. Amen You may be seated Doctor How many have been blessed in these conferences? How many can feel that God is somehow depending on you for something? Please don't feel his special call, his liking for you, and his choosing you. Don't disappoint the Lord in not following what he, he wants, and not being humble. 
every step I have shared with you, the step of humility will take you deeper into his perfect will. May the Lord himself visit you and may he speak to you. May his dreams and visions be clearer, clearer in your soul, in your heart. Ah, may you come out of dark mist and mysteries where you can't know what to do and where to go. May his light be in front of you so that your way becomes clear. The Lord answer your prayers and the Lord remember you. May the Lord himself put his hook in your nose and pull you out and into his will. That the determinations of the Father from eternity will come to pass without fail. The Lord bless and lift up his face to shine on you with brightness. That all forms of shadows and darknesses will be removed and erased from your life forever. And raise you up in his service. In Jesus' name. Amen.